We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not, for generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world. I am Ricky McEachran, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. Listener warning, we will be having open and frank discussions about pasta on today's episode. So if you are on a low-carb diet, please note there will be talk about bucatini, tagliatelle, bolognese, and lasagna, and all of the parmesans. Consider yourself warned. I am talking today with Zach, a chef who takes the comfort of East Coast Italian food, adds a fine dining flair, and offers it to the mountain community of Longmont, Colorado. It has been a journey for him. We speak about this journey, the challenges he has faced, and his current creative experience. I am pleased to present my conversation with Chef Zachary Shine. What are you up to now? What's going on in your world as it relates to food and every, everything in that world? I have just started a catering business here in uh, Longmont. And I've lived in Longmont for six years. And I've eaten the food here for six years. It needs a little sprucing up. So, you know, I'm happy to help with that. You know, that's always been a big thing for me is to feed the community around myself. So I'm, I'm very excited that I'm able to add to that to this town of Longmont here. So I love the fact that you move into a place and you're like, this food needs sprucing up. That's wonderful. Yeah, because they, they do have their own little gems in themselves for sure. A lot of breweries, a lot of like hand food burgers, stuff like that. So it's a lot of the same thing at a lot of the same places. For me, I thought these guys need some uh, Italian food. So here I am trying to make that a reality for everybody. All right, great. So t- Italian food to a lot of people is, you know, spaghetti and meatballs. Um, tell me about what I know that it is, not, you know, Italian food isn't necessarily that. Um, I lived in Italy briefly, so I was exposed to at least Tuscany food. It was not spaghetti and meatballs. I didn't see a right. meatball the whole time I was in Italy. <laughs> so what do you mean by, Ita- by Italian food? In New Jersey, I was trained uh, in a lot of Italian-American food, but also a lot of you know, traditional Italian food because there was a mix of those two cultures in New Jersey for sure. So you did get you know a lot of spaghetti and meatballs, a lot of chicken parmesan, a lot of eggplant parmesan. All the Parmesans, for sure. I love, um, I love the Parmesans. Yeah, I learned a lot of those. And I will have, I will offer a couple of those. But the more Italian classic things for me is uh, polentas, even some potatoes, a lot of garlic, tons of garlic, a lot of cooking proteins using garlic, and then vegetables, a lot of broccoli rob, broccoli rob and garlic. Nice. With orchette, um, with orchette. Yeah, that's one of my favorite pastas. And a lot of traditional pastas. You know, like, you know, a lot of people, their go-to is a spaghetti and meatball because it's, it's a comfort food. It's great. It fills you up and it's great. A lot of the pastas that, besides that, that I learned were, um, 
you know, like a pasta carbonara. It's a classic Italian dish. Bolognese, mm. also a classic. This sprucing up of the food in Longmont, yeah. how is it being received? Are people buying into it? Are people into it? What's your what's the reception? Yeah, so they love it. I joined Longmont Chamber of Commerce. They kind of squeezed me into restaurant week in October. They ate my food at a ribbon cutting the other week, and they just really wanted me to do that, so they squeezed me in there. I'm going to be offering curbside pickup, and that'll be at the Times Collaborative Building in Longmont. And you can come in there and pop in the kitchen, and I'm We'll be right there. Okay, great. Now, is there anything that you want to highlight, food items that you would be having that people might be interested in hearing about? Yes. So I do have a set menu. It's a three-course menu. The first course is going to be a charred Caesar salad. And that's uh, just, you know, a Caesar salad that's grilled. And I grill it because I believe it brings the salad a little bit more flavor than an original Caesar salad. Um, Zach, I got to tell you, I think that seared greens are underrepresented. I think the, uh, I've done grilled radicchio and I do that a lot. Um, But I think a grilled green salad is fantastic. And I think that people uh, should do that at home because it totally shifts the flavor profile and it's a new way of making a salad more interesting. So we're doing a charred Caesar salad and then we're going to offer uh, a rigatoni bolognese with herb roasted ricotta and then for dessert, an espresso devil's food cake, which is basically a devil's food cake with espresso buttercream and uh, a cherry coulis and a uh, Creme anglaise. It sounds like there is a huge creative aspect to cooking. You're getting into a business aspect of cooking. Is that something that's new to you? Is that a whole new part of Zach's brain that's being uh, developed? Or tell me about that aspect of things for you. Oh, yes. it It is a very... It's a crash course, I would say. Is that a... Interesting, exciting journey for you, learning this whole new aspect to a business that you've been in, or is it annoying? Like, what is you? Are you excited to grow that part of your knowledge? Really, it's just frustrating. It's not really annoying because you know, it's building my business model out. Sometimes it's a lot at once, and it's a lot of number crunching, and you know, number crunching has never really been my thing, and. Uh, you know, it's funny, I, I always told my math teacher when I was a little kid that, you know, I would I would never need this. And now now I feel like I should uh, give her a call and be like, uh, I'm sorry, I needed all of this. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it sounds like you are in a, a potential a situation that is potential like real personal growth for you. Because when you're thrown into a small business entrepreneurial situation, you are going to learn that you have more you have potential to do things that you never thought that you could do because when you're forced to do things you can usually do them like things that you're like ugh i could never do that it's so uninteresting when you're forced to do it you actually can do anything yeah yeah i would think so i feel like i'm already in that you know situation now there's a lot of things you know i'm learning i want to know when you first 
got excited about food? Was it eating? Was it watching your mom cook? Was it cooking? Tell me about, you know, everyone loves food. We all, but right. it sounds like you have a particular connection with it. Uh, if there's any way you can tell me where that came from. I grew up eating my mom's cooking. It was always really good. And she's a, is she Italian? Her mom was Italian. Her dad was Cuban. And what kind of stuff would your mom be making? What kind of Italian food? A lot of pastas, like pasta bolognese, and carbonara. She still might make one of the best carbonaras I've ever eaten. D- does she make it with the pig cheeks? They just got some last week. She never did growing up. It was always pancetta. I remember when I was in Italy and talking to the Italians about the carbonara, and they mentioned that the traditional carbonara is made uh-huh. with pig cheeks and the word that they use for it is pillows yeah. i don't yeah. remember what the word and it's and it refers to the the pillows of the pig cheeks so i've always made it with like a pancetta or something like that or ba- yeah. or bacon yeah bacon bacon's a great substitute you know bacon tastes great every time but so your mom's stuff sorry i kind of derailed things i, I heard carbonara and i got oh, all God. excited yeah, that's usually what happens to me. Um, yeah, like carbonara, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, garlic, steak, and potatoes, uh, broccoli rob. I played sports. There would be, like, my friends coming over after practice and things like that. So she would just, you know, make the things that were easiest for her to make and to also feed, you know, an, an entire house full of people. <laughs> and pasta will do that. What's your favorite pasta? I'd say her carbonara is one of my favorite pastas. I also really enjoy her lasagna. Her lasagna is next level. Does she, make it guess, with, does she make it with a bechamel or is it made with just meat sauce? You know, she doesn't. She uses uh, just ricotta, mozzarella, and parmesan. And it turns out, you know, really good. And I've had it with the bechamel, which, which is also really, really good. What what's your favorite pasta? I I didn't ask the question right. Meaning like, bucatini, spaghetti, or a chete. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. What what? Gotcha. Um, what is my favorite pasta? That is a very good question. Um, it's like asking what your who your favorite child is. I know. Uh, I've stumped I, Zach. I love it. I, I, I want to say I want to say rigatoni. You know, because it has the holes for all the sauce to like hide in, and then you get more sauce in your bite. And like, I really do like noodles. It would depend what we were eating. You know, like I wouldn't like I wouldn't have rigatoni pasta with like say if we were doing carbonara. You know, I would have you know spaghetti or bucatini, and even with bolognese. Like I really like rigatoni because you know the sauce hides in the noodles. But it wouldn't steer me away, per se, if I saw, like, Pappardelle with bolognese on a menu. Like, I would still probably get it. Yeah, that's know? the flat, that's flat wide yeah. pasta? Yeah, yep, okay. flat wide pasta. So, like, I really try and not discriminate. You know, I really like all <laughs> pasta. Um, that is very nice of you. I'm going to tell yeah. you my favorites. Um, I love tagliatelle. I yeah. just think it's really versatile. And I make that. I have one of the... It's Making homemade pasta, is su- it's super easy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I love, um, I love Bucatini. But I would probably say one of my favorite, most versatile pastas is um, Orzo. 
Because orzo, you can add to like an orzo salad and you can make it very pasta centric. So it's a pasta salad, but you can also use a little bit of orzo. So it's more, it's like a vegetable salad with like a hint of, of carbs. So if you want to do like a more lower carb type of situation, you can add just a little bit of orzo. Um, So I always have orzo on hand. Now, when did it shift from eating lots of yummy food and enjoying it to creating food? That shifted, I want to say, around my 18 to 20s. You know, I started to be a little more interested in how X, Y, and Z became this plate of food. You know, we would go shopping together. That was that was interesting. Were you shopping at a chain or a specialty market? What type of supermarket was it? You know, we would do a mix of both because we did have Italian markets in New Jersey that we could go like right up to the deli counter and be like, let me get X amount pounds of, you know, pancetta or guancale or like prosciutto. You could you could buy anything in there. If you could buy like select specialty like olive oils, specialty you know, balsamic vinegars, you know, all kinds of different marinated peppers and things like that. Uh, it sounds like grocery store heaven to me. Yeah. That's... And, you know, it, it was a little more expensive than the supermarket. But, yeah. you know, as I, I grew up to grew up a little more, you know, I realized that, you know, sometimes you got to pay a little more money for, you know, the better things. So you're, you know, so your mom is cooking all of this wonderful food. You start getting involved in the preparation. You start getting involved in the acquiring the ingredients. And then you're going to these grocery stores and you're seeing the landscape of really, it sounds like amazing. In in central New Jersey, where you grew up, you're going to have amazing quality foods, you know, because your suburbs in New York or close to New York. Um, So it just really got you excited overall. Yeah, it was overall really exciting, you know, and also like we would go out to eat around our area, you know, as a kid a lot. They would take me to this place in uh, the town of Long Branch, Joe and Maggie's Bistro on Broadway. And that is where my real cooking started, you know. Um, I ate uh, the food there and it was just unlike, you know, anything I've eaten around the area because it wasn't exactly... Italian Italian but there was like hints of Italian food in each of his things that he did and from there once I started getting into culinary school I found out where that chef was and uh, he didn't have that restaurant anymore he had one in Highlands called Bay Ave Trattoria it was when I was going to culinary school and you know I popped in there and I told him that, you know, I've been eating his mac and cheese for since I've been a kid. And, you know, I would really like to learn, you know, how he how he cooks food. He told me he couldn't really pay me. But, you know, if I come there after school, he can teach me, you know, a little bit here and there. So, you know, every day after culinary school, that's where I went to learn and started learning. And then I got a paycheck eventually. Which was great, and that's the guy I learned from, which was kind of a goal of mine, you know, like, I've been eating this guy's food for so long, and I wanted to learn from him, and now I'm learning from him, so it was it was really nice for me, you know, I, I set out to, to find out 
find the guy I wanted to learn from him. I started learning from him. And Is that out of character for you to go up and talk to him and tell him that you are interested in working for him? Tell me about that process. You know, it did take a lot out of me to, you know, go in there and try and talk to him and tell him, you know, my scenario. But in the end, if I didn't do that, I don't think I would be in the position that I am today. How does that story relate to someone listening to this who is right. nervous well, about taking a risk? Not necessarily about cooking, but it could be anything. Right. I would just say, you know, if if you do have a goal or, you know, a dream that you really try and follow it, because there will be bumps in the road and, you know, that's it's bound to happen. But if you're doing something that you are really passionate about and you really love, it's not going to be all that bad. And bumps in the road could be yeah. people saying no. They could be people rejecting you. They could be doors closed. Um, that doesn't mean that you're not on the right path. Exactly. So, you know, a, ne a negative experience doesn't mean that you are, that things aren't going right. Because in the inverse, a positive experience, you could be going downhill in your life and you could be having positive experiences. <laughs> uh, but that's another whole topic. Is right. the experience of working in a kitchen, is that a good job? Is that, what's, I, I've never done that. I have no idea what that's like. I like to cook, but I like to cook at home in my own kitchen. I like cooking for me, my friends. Uh, what's it like working in a restaurant kitchen? Is it anything like cooking with your mom? No. <laughs> no, it's not. Working in a commercial kitchen, you don't have a lot of time. You got to do like 20 things at the same time. Prep things for like the, the next day. At the same time as you're like cooking dinner for all these people in the dining room. So when you're cooking at home, there's all sorts of, you know, there's a, there's the work, there's the cleanup, uh, but the the negatives, so to speak, are outweighed by the benefits of you b spending time in your kitchen, being with your friends, all of that stuff. What is the trade-off besides the paycheck that you get for working in a kitchen? in a the, commercial kitchen. What I got from it was, you know, a learning experience. You know, you'll you'll never have a learning experience like it because cause it, it is intense. A big thing that I learned is, uh, you know, knife skills. That was the big first thing that I learned. And like we, we brushed up on them, uh, you know, in culinary school. And it was like a course in the school. And you would like pass it by cutting things a certain way. But uh, in the commercial kitchen, you know, you would do it in a very larger sense. Now, like, you would have to, you know, cube, let's say, 20 pounds of potatoes for a soup. Now, if they don't all look the same, you might have to do it again. You might have taken, you know, hours out of your day. Hopefully not hours. Hopefully you're a little faster than that. But, you know, if, if you cut it wrong and, you know, the chef doesn't like it, he might make you do it again. And then your day is thrown off by... The time you just lost and you still got to do all these other things that are on your list so you want to make things as precise as possible so you don't have to do them again obviously you come out of school and you're not a chef you are there is a chef right. and you are actually making the chef tells you you need to chop this and so that's the type of stuff that you were doing right but you know the end goal for me what walking into the commercial kitchen was eventually to own my own restaurant or my own business. You know, it didn't necessarily have to be a restaurant, 
And I'm hoping in the end, you know, I could own a restaurant at some point. I'm still pretty young. I'm in my 30s. So, you know, hopefully I own one by 40. That would be awesome. Let's talk about the creative aspects of cooking. We've talked a lot about chopping and kind of the details. I want to hear about the creative aspects, the vision, the excitement of being a chef and putting something that you created and envisioned into the world and getting it in front of people and them eating it and being happy. That I would say is probably the most fulfilling experience. Building a plate for me, like I want people to walk away and you know, be satisfied, not be like, oh, you know, I could have eaten a little more food. Where I'm at, you know, there are tons of farms. Like I work with all farms for produce and, you know, a lot of protein other than, you know, fish. So like I've gone to the farms. I know the farmers. So I really build my dishes on what is available to me. So it's everything's like basically fresh for me. You know, the seasons, the seasons are really important. Like right now, you know, I would say use as much corn as you can because it's, it's great right now. It's sweet. But going into building a dish, you know, it starts with, for me, the protein. And then it'll move on to a starch base, which could be like, you know, potatoes, rice, things like that. And then a vegetable and then a sauce. So I kind of have... Uh, a process per se, you know, mm. and I'll even write it out on paper, you know, because that always helps me because I'm a, a visual learner. So I kind of got to write things out and, you know, mess around with, you know, different ingredients. I need to make it all together because if everything on that plate doesn't taste good in one bite, then I have to change something because mm. you want it all to taste good together. So you are creating something new all the time. Yeah. Zach, that sounds awesome. That sounds like much better than chopping 20 pounds of potatoes for another person's vision. Like you are actually, and what is it like? This reminds me of, you know, if I do a painting and then I put it in a gallery and people come and look at it and they like give me feedback, like it feels so amazing. What is that like when people give you positive feedback on something that you created. You know, it's great. You know, you always like to hear that. But sometimes you you don't always get positive feedback. And, you know, that's okay, too. You deal with that with, like, a grain of salt, you know. Is that something that you didn't deal with with a grain of salt initially and you somehow realized that you're just going to have to deal with it in order to be in this business? Tell me about that process. I did learn a lot of it when I was, you know, cooking in the restaurants. Okay. So it sounds like obviously you were learning a lot in all of those restaurants and all of those roles that are helping you in what you're doing right now. You know, a lot of the the things that we experience in previous jobs that seem annoying and stressing, stressful and they seem irrelevant and just a pain in the neck are actually learning experiences. If you in sometimes I wish I had paid attention to them a little bit more because you're learning in your from your past in all of those challenges in ways that help you now yeah definitely you know for me a lot of my you know learning experiences come from my mistakes you know 
um, in the kitchen and, you know, just, you know, in general. Um, I've learned a lot from them. Um, and, you know, even, like, neg- negative experiences for me, they, they were bad, but, like, in the end, you can turn them into good. You just, you know, learn to, you know, not do that certain thing again. Or, you know, if you find yourself trying to do that, just change it. Um, but, yeah, I negative experiences to me in the end become positive. And they don't feel like it at the time. Right. So, Zach, what is the name of your current business in Colorado and where can people find it? It's called Shine Provisions and uh, you can find it on my website at www.shine-provisions.com and you should be able to get to my Instagram and Facebook page from my website. Well, Zach, I am very excited for you. It was wonderful hearing your story. It sounds like you are in a great spot right now, creatively. Um, It sounds like you are in a situation where you have a lot of interesting challenges, you know, uh, developing into becoming, um, you know, a businessman. So I'm really excited for you. And I'm very grateful that you were able to you know, share your story. I think people listening to this are going to learn a lot from it. My name is Ricky McGeckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.